Uh, welcome too to those tuning in online. Uh, we know that there's many tuning in online as well. So we all pray God's blessing on our time together. So we're going to begin our worship by singing to God's praise. And our first singing is Psalm 67. And the tune is Selma. We're going to sing the whole of this psalm. It's a psalm that's a prayer. And it's a great prayer to have that the Lord would be with us as we meet together and on all his people today as they gather to worship. Lord, bless and pity us. Shine on us with thy face, that the earth thy way and nations all may know thy saving grace. We're going to stand to sing to God's praise. going to come to God and pray now, so we'll bow our heads in a word of prayer. Our gracious Father in heaven, we thank you for this, your day. We thank you to be able to come in and, and worship together, to sing these words of praise. And they are really a prayer that we offer up in song to you, for they remind us of what we do as we come to worship we come to know that you are here with us as we meet. And we pray, Lord, that you will indeed bless and pity us and shine upon us with your face anew today, that we will know your goodness and your love and your mercy towards us, that you have been so good to us in so many ways. We thank you for the week that we have had and the beautiful weather we have enjoyed. It's been a reminder to us, Lord, of the beauty of your creation as we see the sun rise and set in all its glory. 
a reminder to us as well, Lord, that you are the one who has made all these things, that you are the one who keeps all of these things, that every day and every moment of every day is a time appointed by you. And so we thank you for this time of worship. We thank you for uh, our family service together as we give thanks for all of your goodness to us even over this past year, especially thinking of the Explorers and the Sunday School and all the work done with our young people. We do rejoice, O oh Lord, in, in coming together here as a people. We rejoice, O oh Lord, in seeing so many coming together to worship you. And we do thank you for all who helped to make these things possible, for all the, the volunteers and helpers who have uh, resumed Explorers over this last year and who have helped with Sunday School over the past year and indeed many years, for all who have prayed for the work and for all who have helped over the, the past number of years, Lord, for all the work done among your young people. We thank you for it all. And we pray for those who have helped, Lord, that you will encourage them and strengthen them as they continue to do so much for our congregation. And we above all pray today for all our young people. We thank you for every one of them and every family and home represented here. We do give you thanks, O Lord, that together we can come and praise your name and give thanks for all that you have done for us, especially through your own Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that you sent him into this world, that he would be a saviour for it. And may we know him as our saviour. And as we come to your word today, that you would bless it to all of us together, here in the church and also in the hall next door as well, that you would be with us, Lord, as we open up your word and share from it and hear of the greatness of your love, that God so loved the world that he sent his own Son. So may that be blessed to us all. We do pray for all our families and our friends and communities at this time. We especially remember uh, those who maybe are unwell just now or in hospital or recovering at home. We pray, Lord, that you will surround them and help them and be near to them day by day. We especially give thanks, O oh Lord, for Willie Graham being back in the hospital in Stornoway after a time away on the mainland. We thank you for the progress he's made, and we pray that you will continue to watch over him and Morag and the family too as we commit them to you. May your hand be over them and upon all who need you in different ways at this time too. Hear all our prayers, Lord, and guide us in our worship and give us hearts that are filled with thankfulness for all of your goodness as we ask it all with the forgiveness of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in Explorers, you've been doing a lot over the last year. It's been great to see the Explorers course, uh, group starting again over the past year. It's great to see so many of you here today as well, and families sitting downstairs and upstairs as well together. And today, as we think of that word, explorers. What does it call to mind? When you think of the word explorer or explorers, what comes to your mind? Well, as I was thinking about that this week, something that had come to, came to my mind was explorers are people who go on journeys. You often think of explorers maybe in the past who went to far off lands and explored new places and sought to find maybe new parts of the world or exploring for new resources or different things like that. You think of them maybe getting all their, their gear together, 
It may be going on a ship, sailing to a far-off place and searching for new lands. Something else that called to mind was maybe people who go exploring looking for treasure. Does anybody have a, a metal detector? Anybody ever used a metal detector? Sometimes you see people going out on a beach. There's some people putting up their hands. They go out on a beach and they take a metal detector to see if they can find something on the beach. Maybe long lost treasure, there is, it's their hope. But usually it's just a rusty bit of metal or something like that we find when we go out treasure hunting. But it's this idea of exploring, traveling, searching, looking for something or looking for somewhere, some place. Exploring, it's exciting, it's rewarding, and it's something that many people love to do. And I hope that's something that everyone who's been coming to the Explorers, to Sunday School, but also to church week by week, that's something that we love doing because it's exciting, it's rewarding, and we love to be together to worship God above everything else. Because above all, as we explore, and as you come to explorers, what we want to be doing is hearing and seeing and exploring something that's really precious, really special, and that's the love of God. And that's what we're going to be thinking about today in our service, the love of God. Like John 3, 16 says to us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's going to be the theme of our service today, that verse. But what do you think of when you think of love? What does love mean? Many people have different ideas of what love means. Some people will say, I love ice cream. I love chocolate. I love to play football. But is that really love? And is that a deep love like we want to explore? How would you describe love? Well, children were once asked, children between the age of four and eight, a group of them were once asked to say and describe, what is love? And they came up with a number of different answers. One child said, love is when you go out to eat and give somebody most of your chips without expecting anything in return. You ever gone out for food and you have somebody with you and they help yourself to all your food and you just happily give it to them and you don't expect anything in return. That's a kind of love, isn't it? Somebody else said love is when mum gives dad the best piece of the meat. Maybe mum will take the little scraps that are left over, but she'll give to dad the nice chunky bits of meat. One child described love in that way. Another person said love is when your puppy licks your face, even when you've left them alone all day. Does anybody have that when maybe you come home from school, the first thing that happens is the dog will jump into your lap and start licking your face, even though you haven't been with them all day. There's this idea of love. So think about that. What is love? How would you answer that question yourself? Well, if we really want to know what love is, the place that we have to explore and look to is the Bible, God's Word. Because God not only tells us what His love is, He shows us what His love is. And that's what this verse is all about, that God tells us about His love, but that He also shows us 
his love. There was one other answer I want to share with you that the children gave to that question, what is love? One child said this, God could have said magic words to make the nails fall off the cross, but he didn't. And isn't that a good description of what love is? God could have saved Jesus on the cross. He could have taken him down off the cross, but he didn't because he gave him his own son that we might have eternal life. And that's a very precious love. And that's what we're going to explore here in the church. And as you go through to the tweenies in a moment as well, we'll be exploring more of what the love of God is. And that's our prayer that we will all come to know the love of God. Well, before we go on, before we go, we're going to sing in a moment in Psalm 100, but before we do, we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together. So let's say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, we're going to sing together again now to God's praise. We're going to sing in Psalm 100. Psalm 100. We'll sing together in that psalm. And during this singing, the tweenies can go out to the hall then. So Psalm 100, and the tune is Carlisle. Shout to the Lord with joy, all who to earth belong. Adore the Lord with joyful hearts and come to him in song. We'll sing the whole of this psalm and we stand to sing to God's praise.
We're going to read some of God's word together. John 3, verse 16 to verse 21. John 3, verse 16 to verse 21. If you've got the order of service, it's in the middle of that. John 3, 16 to 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is a judgment. The light has come into the world, and the people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may clearly be seen that his works have been carried out in God. It's a wonderful passage, that, especially John 3, verse 16. It's a very famous verse, a verse that so many people all over the world know. But the question often is, do we know the love of that verse? Do we know the God of that verse and the Son that he gave to show his love? Because when you think about how do you show someone you love them? There can be many ways that we can perhaps try and show our love to people. Sometimes it's by doing nice things for them. So we think about everybody who helps and volunteers with explorers and Sunday school on a week-to-week basis. Why do they do it? Well, it's because, first of all, they love God, and then they love other people. They love you who come to the Sunday School and Explorers, and they want to share with you that love of God. So that's a good way to show someone that you love them. Sometimes it's by saying nice things. People enjoy hearing someone saying nice things to them. But perhaps the most common way of showing that you love someone is by giving them something, giving them something special. And so how do we think about God showing his love to us? He has spoken to us through his word, but above all, he has done something for us. He has given someone for us. And that's what this verse tells us. God loves his people so much, and he wanted to show his love And to show his love, he sent his son into this world. And even if for a moment we explore that verse itself, John 3, 16, it tells us so much. And there's a few questions we could ask of that verse. Who is this verse about? Do we think, first of all, it's about ourselves? If we do, we're maybe starting at the wrong place because this verse is all about God. For God so loved the world. It's a verse about God. What does God do? Well, it tells us here, he loves. God so loved the world. God loves. Who does God love? He loves the world. He loves his people. He loves all his people. And then it goes on, and what did God do to show his love? He gave 
his only son. Can you imagine giving somebody else the most important thing in your life? Maybe a special toy or something that you feel is just for yourself. Can you imagine giving that away to somebody else? It would be very hard to do. And yet God showed his love for us that he gave his only son to this world. What must we do then in return? If you get something from someone, something nice from someone, what do you do in return? You should give thanks to that person. Well, God wants something in return for us because he gave his son that we might believe, that we might believe that Jesus is the son of God. And what do we get when we believe? We get this promise of eternal life. A wonderful promise that God gives to all of his people. No matter what comes our way in this world, no matter what difficulties we might have as we journey on through this world, as we explore all the things of this world, we have the promise that when we believe in God's Son, Jesus, that he will give us eternal life. Isn't that a wonderful promise? Isn't that a wonderful love that God has shown to us? Now you might think to yourself, well, why did God have to send his son? What was the problem? Was there anything wrong? Well, yes, because the, the verses there go on to speak about darkness and light. There were those who were in darkness. They didn't want to know God. So God sent his son as the light of the world. Is anyone scared of the dark? Hmm? Dark can be scary, can't it? When all the lights go off and when it's a really dark night, it can be a scary time when there's nothing but darkness. And it can also be dangerous. It's dangerous because maybe you can't see where you're going. Now, I don't know if you know what I used to do before I became a minister, but I used to be an engineer and working on ships at sea. And we're exploring different parts of the world, seeing many different parts of the world. And I used to work in the engine room. And the engine room was huge, a really huge place. The engine and the ship, I mean, you think of a car engine, it's maybe about this big. Well, the engines and the ships I used to work on were the size probably of the church here. Almost as wide as the middle section you're sitting in, probably as high as up to the ceiling of the church. They were huge. And the engine room was massive. So there was different floors to walk around the engine room. And one night when I was in the engine room, I was on duty. It was late at night. I was in the engine room by myself, just going around checking all different things. And the place was full of light. The place was bright, really noisy. You had to wear ear defenders because there was so much noise. And then all of a sudden, the place just went into darkness. A problem with the engine made it stop. And because the engine stopped, everything else stopped. There was no light. There was no power. The ship couldn't move. There was nothing we could do. I was lucky I had a torch. I always carried a torch because you never knew when this could happen. So you could find your way around. But for a moment, there's panic, there's fear. All of a sudden, you go from a place that's full of light to complete darkness. 
And it can be very scary. Now, we were lucky. We weren't near land. It could have been worse. And we managed to get the power back. But it just reminds us how often we can think everything's okay. Everything's fine. But something comes along. And that's what that scares us, that leaves us frightened. But that's what this verse reminds us, that God has shown his love. In that even when there's times when there's darkness, when we're scared... By trusting in Jesus, he has given us light. He has given us the way to go. God has shown his love to us in this way. So it's a wonderful thing that God has shown his love. Now we're going to move and read the second part of the Bible reading. And that's in Ephesians chapter 3. We've seen how God has shown his love. We're now going to see... The, the strength of his love. And again, in these words that we read in Ephesians 3, there's a sense of, there's a prayer here for us. What Paul is praying for his people. He says there in verse 14, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through the Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Well, we move from exploring the verse in John 3 there, John 3 verse 16, to exploring another part of God's word. This passage in Ephesians, again, it's full of the love of God and this prayer that Paul has for his people that they may, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints, that's everyone, what is the breadth and length and height and depth of his love. What kind of things do you measure? There's different kinds of things that we measure in, in, our, in our day to day lives. For example, many people in this week were preparing baking for having next door after the service. I met one girl in the co op yesterday who was buying ingredients for baking when they went home. And what do you use when you're baking a cake? You want to follow a recipe and you want to make sure that everything's measured right and correct. So you measure everything out. Well, it's the flour, the sugar, the milk, whatever it is. And you'll use things to measure. So you might use a spoon or a jug or a cup. And you'll put the right measurements into the baking that you're going to make. You measure everything so that it's correct but I wonder if we could measure God's love. Or how would we measure 
God's love in that way. Well, we think of measuring for baking. We think of things that we use. For example, a cup. It might say put two cups of flour into the cake. So you measure two cups. Can we measure God's love in that way? By using a cup. Well, we explore another part of the Bible, Psalm 23. And this psalm speaks about God's love for us when the Lord is our shepherd. He says, I shall not want. And in that psalm, it says, my cup runs over. My cup is full of God's love. It flows over. You can't measure God's love with a cup. If you think about building something, maybe you're building a shed or a den or something like that, and you're working on it, whoever's working with you, they'll want to measure the bits of wood to cut them to the right size, or the windows, so that they'll fit in the space for the windows. What do you use to measure that? You'll use a measuring tape, won't you, to measure the length of all of these things. But can we measure God's love? Do you think we could get a measuring tape and start measuring God's love? Well, we explore the Bible, and it tells us we can't, because in another psalm, <coughs> Psalm 108, it says that God's love is higher than the heavens. You couldn't measure it because it just goes on. There's no end to it, so you couldn't use a measuring tape to measure God's love. Does anybody like sport? Does anybody like running? Do you go to athletics? Well, if you're running races, they'll probably use a stopwatch to time you, to see how long you take to run the race. Maybe you're trying to keep a track of your PB and beat it week by week. You use a stopwatch. So do you think we could measure God's love by time? To time God's love for us. Use a stopwatch to time God's love. Well, again, we look in the Bible, we explore the Bible, and it tells us that God's love is from everlasting to everlasting. It's no beginning, it's no end. So there's no end to it. It's not he's going to love us for an hour or a few days or even a few years. It's an everlasting love, so we can't measure it with a stopwatch. When we think of that verse we had at the start, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. How do you measure a love like that? You can't. You can't even put it into words so often. It's a love that's beyond understanding in many ways. But what the Bible helps us to do as we explore the Bible is to know this love. Even though we, we can't measure it, we can know it by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's Paul's prayer here in Ephesians. That's what he's asking them to pray for, that they may comprehend. That means to know and experience with all of God's people the breadth, the length, the height, the depth of God's love. It's Enormous. It's beyond measuring. It's but just that we would know this love. And we know this love through knowing Jesus, God's Son. Because through faith in Him, this love is ours. It's for you. It's for me. 
through faith. We cannot measure it because it's beyond us, but we can know it because God has shown it to us. It's a wonderful love. Well, there's one other aspect of God's love that we want to think about. And for that, we're going to read another part of the Bible. And it's some verses from Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We're going to read from verse 31 down to verse 39. Romans 8, verse 31 to verse 39. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now there's some, maybe big words in that passage that you can't understand and if you've got any words and you're not sure what they are there's a space there in one of the questions uh, words I didn't understand so if there's anything you don't understand in these words write them down and maybe ask someone after the service but there are many words that we can understand in this passage and especially we see how the love of God is shown to us here it says there in verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now when you think of exploding, and people going to many different parts of the world exploding, many of them had to face all kinds of difficulties. It might have been wild animals, for example, that were dangerous, and they didn't know what they were, and they scared them or chased them at different times. It may have been jungles really thick with trees and plants growing up and it was really hard to get through. You think of all kinds of places that people went. Some went to the North Pole and the South Pole and they faced storms and snowstorms. They had all kinds of things, all kinds of dangers and challenges. And in that, these kinds of situations, maybe you can become separated from people who are with you. Maybe you lose people along the way because it's so dangerous. Well, this passage is reminding us that as we explore this world, as we go on a journey in this world, and as we think about what God has done for us, 
We know that there's maybe many dangers and troubles that will come our way, but it tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So there's this wonderful reminder for us in these verses. And as you have been coming to Explorers and also to Sunday School uh, since they started back in this last year, you will have been exploring God's Word. And as we think about exploring, we often think about coming to a destination. And the destination we're coming to here as we conclude our service is to the place where God showed his love for us. And it's a place called Calvary. It was just outside Jerusalem. And it was a place where God gave his son. We've just come back from holidays, the Easter holidays. You've just started back to school this week after these holidays. And Easter holidays is a special time when we remember what God has done for us, how he gave his son to die on the cross, but how he rose again on the third day. And so we are here today to think about, well, as we explore God's word, what do we want to see and what do we want to know? We want to come and see the love of God in Christ Jesus. Because this is the fulfillment of it. That God, it says in verse 32, he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. It's very similar to John 3:16. He gave his son. He died for our sins. And because of that great love, we have this security. What does the word security mean to you? Secure. Maybe like we think of explorers. Some people climbed great mountains. And they would have used a rope as they were climbing up mountains because that kept them secure, kept them safe. You needed to have trust in the rope that you were climbing up. You need sometimes to make things secure when gales are coming. Otherwise, they're going to blow away. So you tie things down. You make them secure. So let me tell you a little story about the time when we were living in Dumfries. Who's got a trampoline? Anybody got a trampoline? Yeah, quite a few people. You've got trampolines or you've been on a trampoline. You bounce around on a trampoline. Well, we had a trampoline when we were in Dumfries and we had it out in the back garden. We put it up in the summer. It's not as windy in Dumfries as it is up here, but sometimes the wind will be quite strong and you always were prepared for that. So we used metal pins to tie the trampoline down. Now we put it up in the summer and the ground was very dry and when we were hammering the pins in you thought, oh that's, that's secure, that's firmly fixed. And for months children were playing on the trampoline and it was fine. One day as we were coming into the winter months, so we were away from the house, we were in the town and somebody phoned us, a next door neighbour, and they said, your trampoline's just taken off. And we were, oh, so we had to rush back home. Now, luckily, the trampoline had just flipped over and stuck in a tree, so it didn't fly away, away. We managed to get it back. We started thinking, how did that happen? I thought it was secure. We'd hammered the pins into the ground. 
But what we'd forgotten was, although the ground was hard and dry in the summer when we put it in, it rains a lot in Dumfries. And the ground had become very soft. So the pins were no longer secure. The trampoline was able to flip over in the wind. I'm keeping an eye on a trampoline in our next door neighbour's garden just in case that takes off anytime soon as well. But they can be quite dangerous when they take off because they're big and the wind will just blow them away. But we think of things that are, we need to make secure. Well, these verses remind us that with God's love, we have a great security, that we are fixed firmly in Jesus. So that no matter what troubles or persecutions or famines or dangers or rulers or powers or heights or depths, doesn't matter what comes our way, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And that's where we want to come to today. To realize that as we explore God's word, as we hear all about God's word, how he has shown his love to us, how it's a love that we cannot measure because it's so huge. It's a love that is secure that nothing can take it from us as we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So as we go on, and as you keep going to explore, as we all keep coming to church and exploring and hearing of God's word and God's love for us all, that we would come to believe in God's Son that we might experience this love and know the great promise that he gives of eternal life. So may God bless his word to us. Let's just again bow our heads in a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your great love to us, how it's a love that you have not just told us about, but you have shown it to us by sending your own Son. And we pray, Lord, that today and in all the days ahead, we will know and experience your love more and more, that we will put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, your word steadfast, immovable, secure, because it is not about us, but about you. And you are the one who is able to keep all things secure and safe. And so, Lord, may you bless your word to us all and bless us all together, families and friends and all our church community, near and far. May your blessing be on us. May we know your goodness and mercy with us day by day and your blessing over all the work that we have thought of, the Sunday school and explorers, all the helpers and children. We ask that you will continue to watch over us all together as we commit ourselves into your hands, as we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to conclude by singing to God's praise in Psalm 36. Again, it's on the back of the order of service. Psalm 36, we're going to sing from verse 1 to verse 5. Again, this is a, a reminder to us of God's love. Your steadfast love is great, O Lord. It reaches heaven high. Your faithfulness is wonderful, extending to the sky. Then verse 7, how precious is your steadfast love, what confidence it brings, both high 
and lo, find shelter in the shadow of your wings. The tune is Huddersfield, and we'll stand to sing these three verses to God's praise. And just a reminder that everybody's very welcome to come next door. The children are going to go through after the, the final prayer, go through this door, through to the hall, and I'll go to the main door and meet folks there. So very welcome to come next door immediately after the service. We'll close with a benediction. Now may grace, mercy, and peace from God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon and abide with us all now and forevermore. Amen.